Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, Darren Mitchell here. Welcome back to another brand new episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. Trust wherever you happen to be in the world. You've had a phenomenal week and uh, looking forward or needing to have a break this weekend because you've been working really, really hard and hopefully with a high degree of productivity. So today being Friday, the 3rd of February, 2023, and uh, this is the final episode for the week. So uh, hopefully... There's some stuff in here that if you're a brand new listener that you've just come across the podcast, hey, first of all, thanks for plugging in. Thanks for dropping by. Hopefully, there's enough in here to warrant you to check out the next episode that is recorded on Monday, but also check out some of the back catalogue, including some of the phenomenal interviews that I've been doing over the last, uh, well, in particular, the last 12 months, but in 2023, ramping up even more in terms of talking to quality people. And of course, if you are a returning listener, greatly appreciate you continuing to plug in to the podcast, loving the feedback, loving the uh, loving the comments that I'm getting via email and other mechanisms. So um, again, hopefully I'm adding value to you as well on your quest to become an exceptional sales leader. So in today's episode, I uh, had a number of conversations this week and I ran a little workshop for an organization uh, around diversity this week. Now, diversity is and particularly workplace diversity uh, and by default inclusion uh, is a huge topic in society today. It's a huge topic in business today and it will only continue to get bigger uh, in 2023 and beyond. And as leaders, we've got to be in a position where we are embracing diversity more and more and especially as part of this, become more consciously aware of any biases or any stereotypes that we might be, I'll say, suffering from or having right now that might be preventing us from being as inclusive as we potentially would like to be. Now, what's really interesting about this is I talk to a lot of people on a daily basis and I get to see a lot of different organizations and a lot of different people with organizations and they all come from different backgrounds. There's no typical stereotypical backgrounds that I tend to come across in the industries and there's many different industries that I'm working across at the moment which makes it really, really interesting. And I'm always curious, and particularly when I start a workshop, I'll have a conversation with a group, uh, particularly if they're brand new to me and I'm brand brand new to them. I've got to establish that level of credibility. And, and a key part of doing that is to find out who they are, where they're from, and what their background is, and what brought them into this particular organization and this particular role. And some of them have really fascinating stories and stories with backgrounds that you think, well, based on the industry and the role that you do right now, there's no obvious direct correlation between your background, your experience base, and what you do, but there's a lot of other things that are in place that has obviously met that employee was a very attractive proposition for the organization, and hence they're in that particular position. So when you think about workplace diversity, I want to talk about this today from a sales leadership point of view because what I've, uh, what I've experienced over a lot of years working with a lot of different sales teams and sales leaders across lots of different industries is... Uh, and there's a gross generalization, I know, but many of them fall into the trap of being very one-dimensional and very uh, siloed in terms of their thinking and their approach to building teams. 
What I'm hope, hopefully going to instill upon you today is workplace diversity is something that we need to keep in the forefront of our mind. And if we continue to think about what it is, and that is it's around creating an environment that values and therefore utilizes the contributions of people with different backgrounds, different experiences, and different perspectives, we can actually get ourselves into a position where we can build a really good, high-performing team with people who are different, who bring different things to the table, which only enhances the ability of that team to perform, but it also enhances the ability of new ideas to be created because of those differences. There is nothing worse, and I can I can say this from experience, there is nothing worse than having a one-dimensional team with everybody thinking the same way, because that not only stifles experimentation, stifles creativity, at the end of the day, it starts to stifle growth. And in 2023 and beyond, sales teams in particular need to be, and sales leaders as a result of that, need to be really thinking about how do I continue to take the benchmark and lift it even further? Because we need to, if we keep doing the same thing we've done this year, we'll not get the same result as we got last year because the competition has moved. So we need to think about different ways to bring different types of people and different thinking into the team. And what better way to do that uh, then by looking at how we can actually increase and expand our level of diversity within a team and, and start thinking outside the square. So as we get into this particular episode, I'll start off with a question. That is, as a sales leader sitting there right now, how diverse is your team? When you look at your team right now, how diverse are the individuals? Is your team filled with the same type of people, all with similar backgrounds, similar experiences, or are they different? Now, Classic example of this is you just have to look at even in advert advertisements for jobs and uh, and positions today, uh, whether you go on to Seek or, or, or LinkedIn, there's so many organizations which specify that you must have a must have a specific qualification or a specific experience in order just to either be looked at, make a shortlist, or potentially have a conversation. It's 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 staggering. We need to be better than this. And you look, some of the industries that I'm seeing these ads in. I'm thinking, my goodness me, how much of the marketplace and how many potential incredible people are they missing the opportunity of having a conversation with because this organization is fixated on having this person having a certain qualification. Now, in the training in the facilitation industry, I see this a lot. And a classic example is there are organizations out there who are looking for facilitators and who are looking for learning and development type professionals who stipulate that this person who is going to come into the organization or potentially look to come into the organization has to have a specific qualification. And sometimes it's even a master's degree. Now, uh, in full disclosure, I, I, ha- I have a diploma, I have a degree. My degree is in engineering. My diploma is in coaching. I'm also qualified as a facilitator, as a trainer, and as a trainer's trainer. But I do not have a master's degree. I also don't have a Cert 4 in training. And the fascinating thing about this is that in the eight years or so, it would be eight years in June, that I've been facilitating training, coaching, mentoring, pretty much on a full-time basis, there has not been a single organization or a single client or potential client who has asked me the question, what is your qualification? That is fascinating. So we need to get better at this. Now, I would argue with most organizations who have these criteria for they have to have this specific qualification, MBA, master's in there, cert for and that, whatever the case might be, I'd actually ask them as to whether that is truly a reflection of the capability you're looking to bring into the organization or do you have some blind spots or are you suffering from some sort of bias 
that is now precluding people who are good quality, good characteristics, who could probably be just as good, if not a better employee than the people who have all these qualifications? Are you limiting your possibilities by having this fixation on all these degrees or all these qualifications? What it comes down to is, is my experience is it comes down to bringing in good quality people. People who may have a, a level of experience, people who may or may not have a specific qualification, but people who can demonstrate the behaviors that we're looking for in the organization and who become teachable and who become coachable. Because I don't, I don't care what industry you're in, there's a skill set that is required that you as the organization leader can actually bring those people up to skill set level and up to competency level. But if those people don't have good characteristics, are of good character and who are teachable, then it's almost impossible. And a classic example of this, I saw something that uh, was posted on LinkedIn. I think it was Gary Vee was talking about it yesterday, saying, would you rather have somebody who was not as talented as perhaps their, I guess, their peers, but they had an A-grade personality. They were very teachable. They were very enthusiastic. They had a thirst for learning. Would you rather have somebody that like that to work with or would you rather have somebody who is really talented, who has some fantastic experience, had a track record of high performance, but was a C-minus personality, i.e. they weren't as teachable. They were pretty fixed in their in their thinking and in their attitudes. Well, it's an obvious response, and the, and the obvious response is, of course, we'll take the first person every single step of the way. So why is it then that a lot of leaders out there do the opposite? They look for the people who are uh, showing definite levels of performance, a track record of performance, but we didn't spend enough time analyzing and looking at their characteristics, their character, their attitude, their behavior uh, to see whether they would fit into the organization. And we wonder why we have lots and lots of turnover. Now, I, I go back many years ago around this and I've, I've always prided myself on bringing in great people and looking for people who are slightly different um, out of the ordinary, particularly in the sales realm. And, and there was a, a, a hire I made many, many years ago of a person who, for all intents and purposes, didn't appear to be on the surface as your quintessential or your obvious choice in terms of a new salesperson. So I was looking for a new salesperson in the team, and uh, from the business's point of view, they were thinking, oh, I need to have X amount of experience, this qualification, blah, blah. I was looking for people who were teachable. I was looking for somebody who could uh, grow with the organization, who could, who had an appetite to learn and develop and take on new things and pretty much get out of their comfort zone. And I wasn't wedded to a male or a female. And this is the other thing that a lot of organizations make the mistake of is being very specific on the gender. And what really annoys me in organizations, and I worked for an organization that had this, where organizations have a quota on the number of uh, females, for example, in senior positions. I think it's just absolute rubbish. Um, you got to get the best person for the role, irrespective of where they come from and irrespective of what gender they are. Anyway, I digress. Uh, this particular person I brought in, they did not have any sales experience. And from the organization's point of view, and I had this comment from my general manager, had this comment from a lot of other peers, they, uh, they were questioning why I was bringing in this particular person. Now, what they didn't understand, and they certainly hadn't gone through the interview process that I had gone through, and I had a colleague of mine who went through the process as well, we hired this person because this particular person, I was a female, she had a great background that demonstrated a lot of the characteristics that we were looking for in what we would consider to be an ideal sales executive. She had tenacity, she had perseverance, she had structure, she had determination, she had consistency. She also had a thirst for learning and a thirst for improvement. 
And what wasn't obvious to everybody is she had spent uh, a lot of her teenage years and earlier years in her childhood uh, practicing to be a ballerina. So she was a, a ballet dancer. And the amount of work that she had to put in before school and after school and the discipline that was required for her to do that over a period of time was staggering. And so when I looked at that background, I'm thinking, oh my God, I've got somebody here who is going to be teachable. She's demonstrated a level of discipline. She operates within a structure. And I think she's going to be a fantastic acquisition to this team because if I instill in her some uh, information and increase her skill set and train her to be a competent salesperson, she could be anything. Now, long story short, she was probably one of, if not the best hires that I ever had. And she's gone on to be a very, very successful person in a global organization and a wonderful person to boot. So uh, please don't make the mistake of, of suffering from stereotypes and suffering from biases, which, by the way, often comes from our senior executives or even worse than that, sometimes from our HR department, our people and culture, which uh, not all people and culture organizations are the same uh, like that, but there is a lot of organizations that unfortunately do suffer from a little bit of uh, bias and stereotyping behavior. So from a diversity point of view, as a sales leader, you might be sitting there thinking, okay, well, how how do I think more about being more diverse? How do I think more about being more inclusive? Well, the first thing is to take the lid off and start expanding your thinking and thinking about, okay, where have I currently, where have I in the past been uh, sourcing talent, sales talent from in particular? Where has the organization typically sourced talent from for our sales teams? And start thinking outside the square. Start looking for and expanding your view of the marketplace and think, hey, where else can I find good quality talented people? But to begin with, sit down and think about what are the core characteristics that I'll be looking for in what I consider to be an exceptional sales person. If you sit down and do that, then you can start thinking about, okay, where are these people residing right now? Where do these people hang out? And don't get wedded to the fact as to whether they've got sales experience or not. Just get really, really specific on the type of character types that you're looking for and characteristics of the individual that you consider to be a good person that would fit into your culture within your team. And may I also suggest that part of that process is not necessarily getting fixated on whether the individual has a certain degree or a certain master's degree, whether they've got an MBA, whether they've got a Cert 4. Just put that to the side. Just think about what are the core characteristics. Because if you find somebody who demonstrates or possesses those characteristics and they demonstrate a voracious appetite for learning, guess what? You're going to have a match made in heaven because they will learn really quickly. Yes, there might be a little bit of an investment of time and effort on your part up front to get them to a certain level of conscious competence so they can be effective in their role. But once they're there, just imagine what's going to happen because you'll you'll have a person who is going to bring diverse thinking, different experiences, and may even be the catalyst for others to say, wow, that person has come from that background, which is not the typical background, and yet they were very, very successful. I can do exactly the same thing. That only enhances the reputation and the culture of the organization as well, so how do we embrace all of this? How do we get better at embracing diversity? As a sales leader, some things to think about. Um, first and foremost, uh, when it comes to uh, bringing in talent, bringing in people, uh, be really clear on, I just want to get the best applicant for the role, which means, as I, as I reinforce yet again, you have to get really crystal clear 
on what the key characteristics of the person is going to be. And if you're spending so much time on your fix or being fixated on qualifications, then uh, that may be a bit of a bit of a stereotype or a bit of a bias you need to get over. Think more about what are the characteristics of the human. We also need to make sure that we give equal access to training and development. Because if you're bringing in people who don't necessarily have the track record in that particular industry, you're going to have to bring them up to speed. So it's worth investing in training and development. When it comes to making leadership decisions, just think about uh, when I'm making this decision, is there any element of bias or stereotyping behavior that I'm bringing to this particular decision? And part of that is to have a high level of respect for social and cultural backgrounds and look for people who are different. Uh, And part of that is to recognize first and foremost that you're human because uh, when you see somebody, unfortunately, we all do it and we all judge people when we first see somebody. So no matter how many times we say, do not judge a book by its cover, that's exactly what we do. But if we can acknowledge that first and foremost, that we are human, but second of all, become very, very aware of what our inner thoughts and our feelings are when we see those people then start thinking more consciously about how do I make judgments and make decisions and refine decisions and refine judgments based on facts, not based on opinions. It will not only improve my decision-making capability, but it'll also create an environment where people are getting roles and opportunities based on what we call meritocracy. So there won't be bias because this person has a certain background or this person has a certain amount of experience or this certain person has a certain qualification. It will be based on the characteristics that we have come up with. And the other part of this, the last part I'll finish on is as a leader in particular, we have to get much, much better at looking at people's potential rather than looking at their possible foibles because they don't have necessary the necessary background or the necessary experience. So as we wrap up this episode, the big, I guess the big message is we've got to expand our thinking. We've got to expand our, our, our awareness around diversity and around inclusion, but also be aware of not going too far to the other side because the, the problem with diversity and inclusion is sometimes people take it far too literally. Uh, and this is where you get the, I guess, the stereotypes and the organizations having certain benchmarks to have certain numbers of certain backgrounds or certain genders in certain positions. And that that is not that is diversity inclusion for ticking the box. It is not a meritocracy. So as long as we are really clear on what the characteristics are that we're looking for within the organization, within our team, then start expanding your thinking and expanding your vision to start including people who perhaps you've never looked at before, but who could be phenomenal acquisitions for your team. And when you do that, just imagine what your team's going to be like and what sort of performance metrics you're going to see and what sort of... Uh, Uh, legacy you're going to create because you've got so many different people with so many different backgrounds and different perspectives. You will be in a very, very unique position indeed. So I trust that message helps and I hope that uh, finds you at the right time. So as we wrap up for the week, again, thank you very much for plugging into the podcast. Again, if you're a brand new listener, thank you. If you're a returning listener, thank you. And uh, of course, if you are looking for any help, you know where to find me, leadwithdarren.com. Pick a time, we'll jump on a call, have a conversation. And if you're looking for some help, either with your team or with yourself, looking for some mentoring, coaching and development, more than happy to have a conversation about how I may be able to help you become an exceptional sales leader. So uh, with that said, enjoy the weekend and look forward to sharing with you as always on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best.
Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.